This Rarecast is made possible by Global Genes, a leading education and advocacy organization that serves and promotes the needs of patients and families touched by rare and genetic disease. Since 2009, Global Genes has been building awareness, developing patient-focused education and advocacy tools, and funding patient care programs and critical research. To learn more, go to globalgenes.org. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Plasmacytoid dendritic cells, or PDCs, are immune cells that help the body fight infections, but in certain chronic autoimmune conditions, these cells can become continuously activated and cause the body to attack itself. Horizon Therapeutics is developing an experimental monoclonal antibody known as dexdilimab that can get certain immune cells to deplete the PDCs and shut down chronic inflammation in these conditions. We spoke to Jody Carnell, Senior Director of Research at Horizon Therapeutics, about the role of PDCs in certain autoimmune conditions, how dexdilimab works, and why it may offer a way to address a range of rare autoimmune conditions for which there are no approved therapies or that are poorly addressed by existing treatment options. Jody, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're going to talk about rare autoimmune conditions, Horizon Therapeutics, and its experimental therapy, dexdilimab, which takes a novel approach to addressing these conditions. There is endless complexity to the immune system, and it seems like we continually learn about new targets to modulate it. I, I thought we could begin with Plasmacytoid dendritic cells, or PDCs, what are these and, and what role do they play in an immune response? Yeah, so I think of PDCs as a rare and mighty cell of the immune system. So PDCs make up less than 1% of circulating white blood cells, so they're pretty rare. Um, but they're specialized to sense and respond to nucleic acids, so DNA and RNA. So in the context, let's say, of a viral infection, uh, PDCs sense viral DNA, and then they can orchestrate the immune response in a number of different ways. So first, they're really good at producing a bunch of different pro-inflammatory mediators, but what they're really well known for is their ability to produce really robust quantities of a family of proteins called type 1 interferons. Um, type 1 interferons are important for viral defense, but we also know that they're dysregulated in a number of different autoimmune settings. So PDCs produce a lot of type 1 interferon. They also produce proteins that recruit other immune cells to sites of inflammation. So they can call in and activate other immune cells, such as B cells and T cells. So we really think of PDCs as playing a role both through the production of type 1 interferons, but also by unleashing kind of additional arms of the immune response. These cells are typically activated by pathogens, such as a virus. In the case of certain immune conditions, though, what activates these cells and what role do they play in those conditions? 
Yeah, so I mentioned in the case of viruses, it's viral DNA that can activate PDCs. It's also nucleic acids that we think are activating PDCs in settings of autoimmunity. But in this case, it's self-derived DNA or RNA. So for example, in the case of systemic lupus, a common feature of the disease is the presence of these anti-DNA autoantibodies. So patients have floating around in their blood, these anti-DNA antibodies, they're bound to their own DNA. And we know PDCs can take up these complexes and it's your own self-DNA that can trigger activation of the PDC. Um, and just as I described before, when it sees self-DNA, um, these PDCs start producing type one interferons um, and can directly promote inflammation and also call in other immune cells to the inflamed tissue to really perpetuate the inflammatory response. You seem to be targeting diseases that involve either the skin or kidney. Are these cells unique to particular tissue? Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, if we take a step back and we think a little bit about what we know about tissue, which is a really important question because we think the PDCs are really acting locally. We think it's really in the tissue that, that the important action of the PDC is happening. And if we look in healthy tissue, Let's take skin, for example, as you, as you mentioned, you don't see any PDCs in healthy skin. But when you look in some settings of skin, skin inflammation, if you think about something like a cutaneous lupus, you start to see that the PDCs start leaving the blood and migrating into the tissue. Um, and we don't just see this in the skin, we see these in, this in a number of different autoimmune conditions in a number of different tissue settings. So you highlighted the kidney where we see PDCs accumulate in diseases like lupus nephritis. But we also see PDCs in muscle tissue in myositis patients and in salivary gland in patients with Sjogren's syndrome. So it's, it's not a tissue-specific um, cell type. How did Horizon come to look at these cells as potential targets to treat certain autoimmune conditions? Yeah, so we've known for a really long time that there are a number of autoimmune diseases that are characterized by very high levels of these type 1 interferons. We call these diseases interferonopathies. Um, and while virtually all cell types in the body have the capacity to produce type 1 interferons, PDCs are generally considered to be really the professional type 1 interferon producers. They are just exquisitely designed to rapidly produce really high quantities of type 1 interferon. So the hypothesis behind targeting PDCs is that you can really specifically remove a key cellular source of type 1 interferon in autoimmunity without globally impairing all type one interferon responses. We're just taking out the population we think is really responsible for driving a lot of the interferon production in autoimmunity. Well, walk me through how you move from looking at this as a potential target to validating it and, and finding a means of exploiting it. Yeah, so there's really a, there was really a lot of preclinical evidence that kind of supported or validated targeting PDCs. So first we have some mouse studies, some animal models that showed that when you target and deplete PDCs, you can improve disease manifestations in let's say a mouse model of lupus. So there's animal data that supported that removing PDCs and settings of inflammation can be beneficial. And then there's a whole, um, there's a wealth of well-validated literature that really demonstrates that PDCs are really enriched in target tissues and a number of different autoimmune diseases that are associated with this dysregulated type one interferon. So we really have evidence in human disease that PDCs are migrating into damaged tissues, that there's a, a really robust type one interferon response in these tissues, and then animal models that show us that removing those PDCs can be beneficial. So it was really the basis of these observations that we generated an antibody that could specifically target 
um, and deplete human PDCs. And that's the molecule we call daxtilimab. Well, daxtilimab is your experimental clinical candidate in development for a number of rare autoimmune conditions. What conditions are you targeting and why? Yeah, so we're targeting a number, as you've said. So daxtilimab is currently in a phase two clinical trial for systemic lupus erythematosus, so SLE, and that trial is underway. But we're also exploring daxtilimab in four other disease areas. So uh, we're looking at it in alopecia areata, which is an autoimmune disorder that's characterized by non-scarring hair loss. Um, and we just announced today, actually, that the first patient was dosed with daxtilimab in our phase two alopecia study. So that's a pretty exciting milestone for the program. We're also looking at daxtilimab in dermatomyositis, which is a, a rare autoimmune disorder characterized by rashes, debilitating muscle weakness, and interstitial lung disease. And then uh, in other forms of lupus as well. So we're looking at daxtilimab in discoid lupus, which is a, a rare chronic inflammatory skin condition characterized by lesions that result in scarring. Uh, and, and lupus nephritis as well, which we've, we've touched on a bit earlier, which is a rare autoimmune and inflammatory condition of the kidney. And really, uh, uh, yeah. How, how does lupus manifest itself and progress? So again, there's different forms of lupus um, and, and systemic lupus can manifest in different ways in different uh, individuals. It, it's systemic, it can impact it can impact joints, it can impact skin, it can impact kidney. So it really is a systemic disease that impacts different people in different ways. Uh, and then there's really the subsets of lupus that are also, um, that we're also exploring where, again, we're looking specifically at patients who just have uh, skin manifestations or predominantly have um, kidney disease. So uh, lupus can present in, in, a, in, a, in a very different way in different patients. And so it makes it a very challenging disease to study. Um, but, we're, but we're really excited to see um, how daxtilimab uh, can, can benefit these patients. There's a, a fairly large arsenal today to modulate immune activity, certainly within autoimmune disease. How well addressed are these conditions by existing therapies? Yeah, so for most of the indications that we're pursuing, so for alopecia, for dermatomyositis, for discoid lupus, there are no approved therapies for these patients. Um, in the case of lupus, uh, current treatments are really mainly steroids or immunosuppressants, which aren't uniformly effective for patients and can have some very serious side effects. So really we think of all of these indications as ones where there's significant need for more treatment, option, more treatment options for the patients. Well, what is dextilimab and how does it work? Yeah, so daxtilimab is a monoclonal antibody um, that is designed to deplete these PDCs that we've been talking about. So uh, daxtilimab binds to a protein that's called ILT7 that is uniquely expressed on the cell surface of PDCs. So only ex PDCs express ILT7. So daxtilimab will only bind to PDCs. So one end of the molecule binds to PDCs. The other end of daxtilimab can bind to an effector cell, like a natural killer cell. And when both ends of this antibody are engaged, it triggers release of cyto cytolytic granules, which cause the destruction of the PDC. So basically daxtilimab is specifically designed to, um, with precision, deplete human PDCs. Interleukin-1 plays an important role within the immune system to protect against 
pathogens. How specific is daxtilimab to the areas that are involved in the autoimmune disease? Yeah, it's really an important question. So um, daxtilimab specifically, as I just described, depletes PDCs, which we really think in various settings of autoimmunity are a key cellular source of type 1 interferon. So we really think of the PDC in these autoimmune settings as being the chief producer of type 1 interferon. That's our hypothesis. But nearly all cells in the body are capable of producing type 1 interferon. So even when we deplete PDCs, there's still many sources of type 1 interferon available to respond in the context of pathogens like a virus. So while we think we're removing a key cellular source that's really driving some of these autoimmune manifestations, we aren't globally impairing the type 1 interferon response. And so there's still that machinery um, and many cells that can produce type 1 interferons to respond to some of these pathogen threats. Autoimmune conditions are characterized by periods of remission and flares. Is the therapy expected to be used to treat flares or would it be a chronic therapy? Yeah, so we're really still in the in the early days of studying daxtilimab and really understanding how it should be used to deliver, you know, the greatest efficacy. Um, but the questions you're asking are is very important, um, questions around timing and frequency of treatment, and all that will be evaluated in our ongoing and upcoming clinical studies. Well, what's known about the safety and efficacy of daxtilimab from studies that have been done to date? So yeah, so we we have data from uh, some phase one studies with daxtilimab, including a phase one B study in patients with cutaneous lupus. So again, these are patients that have skin manifestations of lupus. Um, and from that study, what we know uh, is that the safety profile of daxtilimab was similar to placebo. Um, but obviously, further trials are really needed to establish the safety profile of the molecule. Um, but we got a lot of really interesting uh, information out of that phase 1b uh, study in CLE. So what we saw was that treatment with daxtilimab really uh, potently depleted PDCs, both in the blood as well as locally in the cutaneous lupus skin lesions. So we were really effectively able to deplete the PDCs in the blood and in the tissue. Um, and again, a really important observation for us from this study was that if we depleted PDCs with daxtilimab, we saw a robust reduction in type 1 interferon activity, again, both in circulation and in the skin, suggesting that removal of PDCs was associated with a, a reduction in this type 1 interferon activity. And what's the development path forward? Yeah, so, and we've talked about, there's just a lot of activity around daxtilimab right now. We're going to be studying the molecule in five different diseases. Um, so there'll be additional trials initiated, um, and we'll really be looking forward to seeing the data read out from those studies to inform best path forward for the molecule. As you think about the future development of daxtilimab, are you looking beyond the current indications you're pursuing? Is there a potential to target other conditions as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that gets me so excited about this molecule is its broad potential across diseases characterized by this dysregulated type 1 interferon response. Um, so there's significant need for more treatment options in lupus and other autoimmune diseases that really target specific drivers of disease, such as type 1 interferon. And we're, we're just going to continue to work to identify diseases where there's strong rationale that this particular mechanism could be beneficial for patients. Jody Carnell, Senior Director of Research at Horizon Therapeutics. Jody, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about rare disease and to connect to the rare disease community, go to globalgenes.org. To keep up on the latest news and trends affecting the rare disease community, be sure to visit raredaily.org. You can subscribe to the Rarecast RSS feed through raredaily.org or through SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, or your preferred podcast manager. The Rarecast is produced for Global Genes by the Levine Media Group. You can also find our podcast, The Bio Report, on these popular podcast sites. Our theme music is composed by Jonah Levine and performed by the Jonah Levine Collective. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us a note at danny at levinemediagroup.com.